Hi there, I'm James Dapperty, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Team, today we are talking about some plaintiffs, and those plaintiffs, as you might know from their designation as plaintiffs, have commenced proceedings against a defendant. Now, the plaintiffs were themselves together involved in a venture that involved a currency exchange and money transfers between Australia and Korea, and they, or some of them, engaged the defendant to essentially take this business online to make sure that the money transfer and currency business that the plaintiffs were currently running in person would then have an internet-based element to what they were doing. And so, what the defendant said was, all right, this all sounds reasonable enough. What we're gonna need in order to do that is we're gonna need about 100 million Korean won. And that totals approximately, for the sake of our purposes, around about $110,000 Australian. Now, at around this time, um, the defendant goes and collects in cash from one of the plaintiffs about $110,000. And there's some arguments about whether the plaintiff collected this sum uh, while one of the natural person plaintiffs was present or not. But in any case, the money is collected and the defendant causes it to be deposited into a bank account. Now, at the time uh, they collect the money, the defendant signs the uh, signs a piece of paper titled loan agreement or loan document on the understanding that that document's going to be destroyed uh, at about the time the money makes its way from Australia into the hands of a Korean entity. And there's some back and forth about the finer details of this, but the short point is the money gets into an Australian bank. The money subsequently gets into the hands of a Korean entity that the defendant is the sole director and shareholder of and that is going to be used to sort of run this venture, run this online uh, Korean-Australian money transfer currency exchange business. So that happens, goes ahead. And from about this time, there is heavily contested evidence. There are lots of arguments between the plaintiffs and the defendant about what happened and about the implications of it. And those arguments include arguments about whether there was a management agreement entered into and whether that management agreement was binding or not and whether it obliged the defendant to do certain things in relation to the venture. There were arguments about uh, the purpose of payments. There was also an argument about an additional payment of $50,000. That additional payment of $50,000, the plaintiffs say, was to finish off the venture and was made at about the time uh, that the uh, venture was sort of flagging, but there were sort of preliminary signs that the defendant had made some progress. Now, the wash up from the business side of things is that the venture never goes ahead and the plaintiffs end up going into business with some other people and creating a venture, uh, doing the same sort of work with someone else. But the reason we are talking about it today is because the plaintiffs sued the defendant and what they sued for was to get their money back. Specifically, they sued for $160,000 plus sort of cost and interest and things like that. Now, if I can refresh your memory, we've got our 110,000 or so that is taken in cash, deposited into a bank. We've got another 50,000 that changes hands. That's also in cash. Now, one of the challenges we've got between these parties is that they're very, very informal. We don't have a lot of written agreements. Certainly, we don't have any in English. 
and even the ones we have in Korean that are translated are quite informal and may not have the legal impact that the parties contend for. We have uh, informality, as I might have said. So not much written, written uh, evidence, not many bank statements, things happening in cash. So things are all a little bit fuzzy. But in essence, what the plaintiffs sue the defendant for is they sue the defendant for breaching a fiduciary duty. And the court says, no, in relation to that, the court says there was no uh, element of the relationship between the plaintiffs and the defendant where a duty like that arose. And so there were other claims the plaintiffs made, that the money was money had and received by the plaintiff, or that a quist close or purposive trust, a trust uh, that essentially arises as a form of relief that says, I gave you money for a certain purpose, and that money was to be applied for that purpose. And if someone had not applied it for that purpose, then they'd have to pay it back. Well, here what the court found was, well, the 110, and we'll get to the extra 50 in a moment, the 110 was paid for the, for the reason of going into the hands of the Korean entity. Um, it did end up going into the hands of the Korean entity. And so uh, it was paid on for its purpose. And so there's no quist close trust element. And so in respect of the $110,000, the plaintiffs fail to get it back. And they fail notwithstanding the fact that that money was spent on the defendant's evidence for some software and some other payments and for some of what the defendant says is their salary. And even though there's evidence that some of those were paid for the personal benefit of the defendant, the plaintiffs fail in their claim. Now, crucially, the plaintiffs did not join the Korean entity that is the company that the defendant is sole shareholder and sole director of, right? They didn't join to the proceedings. They didn't sue that entity that actually ended up with the money that had been paid to the plaintiff initially. So uh, the plaintiffs lose on the 110,000. In relation to the 50,000, what the court finds is, well, that was actually payment in relation to the defendant transferring ownership of some units in a unit trust, and the defendant ended up transferring those units, and so there's no claim there either. And so the plaintiffs leave disappointed, they file in their claim, and the court ends up saying, well, it would also appear you ought to pay the defendant's legal costs of these proceedings. And so that issue remains for another day. I hope that note assisted you, and I look forward to speaking again soon over another coffee or two, and in respect of another case note, cheers.